Hello, and welcome to Cathedra, the podcast for creatives, storytellers, worshipers, and artists in the body of Christ. I'm your host, Leland Mooring, and today's episode is titled Heart and Flesh. One thing I've discovered in the many years of songwriting and collaborating with other artists is this. Inspiration is not a faucet that you turn on and off, but a series of wild streams that you follow until it leads you to a rushing river. We don't get better at manufacturing moments, but instead following the sound of moving water. In today's episode, we'll talk about the fluidity in collaboration. The difference between operating from a place of pride and control to operating from a place of humble expectation. I'll also share with you a look into the writing of the song Heart and Flesh and hopefully give you some encouragement and insight into letting go and tuning your ears to follow the sound of living water. I'm pumped that you're with me today. It's going to be an awesome episode. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and welcome to Cathedra. This is the podcast for creatives, storytellers, worshipers, and artists in the body of Christ. My name is Leland Mooring, and I am so excited that you're with me today. Um, In our last episode, titled Ark, uh, we discussed um, the story of Noah, and uh, more importantly, the mirror image that it reflects to you and I as God's creatives of the experience of co-creating with God, coming away with the Lord to co-labor and to co-create with God a piece of art that is good, true, and beautiful. And that good art is really like a good ark. It's It's a place of safety and refuge that harbors the promise of life on the other side of the storm. Um, that this call is not only to you, uh, but it's also a call to the family of God, that there is uh, God in and, of, in and of himself as a family, and he's inviting you and I as his sons and daughters into collaborative or co-laboring relationships and friendships that are creative and artistic with your other brothers and sisters in the Lord who have this same artistic calling on their life. That when you begin to build and foster a creative relationship with someone in the family of God, that it begins to, that relationship itself becomes a refuge, an ark, a place of safety in the midst of the ever-changing circumstance of life. I'm pumped because I I really do feel like it sets us up really well for today's episode. Uh, Today's episode is titled Heart and Flesh, and I want to talk about collaboration And more specifically, I want to talk about the posture of our heart when we enter into a space of collaboration with another creative. So first of all, collaborating, you know, co-creating, call it whatever you want, that has been, this has been such a massive part of my own personal uh, artistic and creative journey as a songwriter, as a storyteller, as a worship leader and an artist, it's been probably outside of the love of God, <laughs> outside of the, the presence of Jesus and the word of God, this has probably been the most important thing in my life as a creative, is getting in the room with sisters and brothers in the Lord that have that same artistic calling on their life and saying, hey, what is God speaking to you? I'm going to share with you what he's speaking to me. And we're going to find, you know, set out on a journey together. I'm going to place something in front of you. I'm going to 
set myself in a place of vulnerability <laughs> and I'm going to place an idea that's that's been with me that I'm super excited about, that I'm really passionate about. I'm going to lay it in the middle of the room and I'm going to allow you and whoever else is there to mess with it. <laughs> and so this is probably the most frightening thing about collaboration, but it's also the best thing for us as creatives and, and artists in God's kingdom. I'll say this much. You will never grow to the place that you want to be as a storyteller, uh, as an artist, unless you wholeheartedly embrace collaboration. I know that sounds very drastic, <laughs> um, but it's just the truth. I don't have all the answers uh, creatively and artistically. I don't. And when I get into a room with two or three other songwriters, let's say we're, we're, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a songwriter, I'm a musician, so I'm going to use musical language, but you can apply this really to any creative art form. When I step into the room with other writers, I know that they have a perspective of God that I don't have. They have a view of the diamond, right? You know how a diamond has many different, you know, as the light hits it, it, it reveals different, a diamond has multiple faces, you know? They have a view of that diamond, and that diamond is God. They have a view of God that I need when it comes to creating. I need their perspective. I need their input. I need their melodic intuition. I need their storytelling intuitions. And the more I can accept that without these people in the room, I'm not going to be able to get to that destination without them. When I begin to embrace that, uh, collaboration becomes a beautiful, exciting, and edifying process instead of becoming this torturous thing. <laughs> you know, um, when you first begin to co-write or, or, or collaborate with other artists, and let's say you've, you've been used to doing it alone, you've been used to, you know, getting in your room or getting in your studio or wherever you are and just making stuff by yourself and you've kind of been grinding it out for years um, in this art form, um, even if you're really experienced at making art by yourself, when you get into a room with other artists and you begin that process of collaboration, at first it's very scary. It's very intimidating because in a very practical sense, collaboration is kind of like a therapy session a blind date, uh, and a prayer service kind of all wrapped into this one thing. <laughs> and so when you first step into collaboration, it, it is a very intimidating process if you've been doing it alone for a long time. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron and that, you know, a, a one-fold cord is easily broken. A, a two-fold cord is, is a little bit stronger, but a three-fold cord is... It's the strongest. It's the best. And and what what that is trying to it's not saying that you know every time you collaborate you have to collaborate with three people, <laughs> it's or, or two other people. It's just saying that wisdom comes in in the counsel of others. You know, understanding which really you know we talked about it in our second episode. Artistic expression is really just another form of, of revelation. It's God revealing Himself to you, um, and that wisdom or that revelation. It comes best in, in counsel, in a group, in a family um, of other creatives and artists that have that same calling. And so it's, it starts off with being vulnerable. Before we get into like posture, I want to talk about the negative posture first. 
And the reason I want to talk about that is because when I first started co-writing with other writers, I realized, well, first of all, I was really young. I was, I was like 15 years old when I got signed to a songwriting publishing deal in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I signed this, this development deal. It was a miracle how this all happened. Guys, this is a whole nother podcast to tell you the story from start to finish. But just trust me when I say it was literally an, a miracle, nothing short of a miracle. Um, we didn't really do much. God found us in Baytown, Texas, and one divine relationship after another, I found myself at 15 with my mom uh, seated in an office uh, building in Nashville, Tennessee, talking to Eddie DeGarmo, who used to, was the head at uh, Capital CMG Publishing, uh, Christian Music Publishing, and you know, what they did is they would find great writers and help develop writers. And at 15 years old, I found myself, you know, thrust into this entire community of seasoned songwriters and creatives that have been doing this for years. And that were, that collaboration was like a second language for them. They were just so used to it. But, you know, because I was a 15 year old kid and I was hyper emotional and hyper dramatic and very immature, but also because Co-writing and collaboration was kind of a new thing to me. Um, I had a lot to learn in the process. And at first it was, it was kind of, it was sort of painful because here's an idea that I would have that was just, I was so emotionally and spiritually connected to. It's something that's a, it's a melody idea. It's a lyric idea. It's a chorus. It's something that I'm so pumped about. And, you know, honestly, my identity when I was 15 and 16 was much more in my gifting than it was in Jesus, you know, the giver of the gift, you know, and God's patient, he's merciful, he's kind, he'll still continue to use us um, as an instrument in the world, but he also wants us to work on our character, he wants our identity to be rooted in him, and so when it's not, we'll kind of pay the price, and so early on in those years, I um, I had a tough time in, in co-writing and collaborating with, with other artists because my identity was was in my idea. <laughs> it was in my gifting. And so I would set this idea out in a room with two other writers who were way more gift, way more gifted and seasoned than I was. And humility would say, you should probably listen to everyone in the room. But because my identity was rooted in my gifting still, I had a hard time listening. But over the course of time, I begin to, with repetition and getting in the room with other creatives, I begin to see um, and fall in love with their process. So as it was like there was like this one writing session where my, my eyes were sort of opened and I realized, man, I'm 16. I don't know everything. I, there's so much that I have yet to learn about creativity, collaboration, about songwriting and storytelling. And this, this, these other two writers in this room have a wealth of experience and knowledge. And I begin to take cues and notes on how the other songwriter, the more seasoned writer, was getting from point A to point B. I would watch them and, and listen to them. And they had a different process of processing story, lyric, forming a lyric. They had a different process of of putting together melody or adjusting and editing melody and making it more comprehensive and, and or um, more attractive. They just had a way of doing something that that was unique to me. And I was like, man, I 
I want to learn that. And I realized that I could actually take some of those things and begin to try to apply them in my own creative uh, history, in my own creative life with the Lord. And so that's what began to happen. Kind of like Batman has a, you know, a big tool belt. I just would take some of these tools from these writers and begin to add them to my belt. And it, it really helped help me see, you know, it helped me grow as a writer, but it also, more than anything, it just helped reaffirm to me that the wisdom of God, uh, the wisdom of, of the Lord for us is found not only in God's word, but it's found in God's family. He has stored treasures in people and other creatives and other artists. And when you get in a room with them, you start uncovering the treasures that are inside of them. And it, it becomes a it becomes part of your inheritance as a creative. It becomes something that you begin to inherit and and begin to emulate in your own life. And it only edifies your entire secret creative history with God. So what I want to talk about first is the negative. And we, we sort of touched on it a little bit already, but when your identity is still mostly in your gifting, then your security is really rooted not in the Lord, but it begins to be rooted in your latest idea. (laughs) You know, the latest thing that you're most excited and pumped about. You know, as a songwriter, I'm always most pumped about the latest thing I've written. But when my identity is in my gifting still and not in Jesus, then that idea becomes like a little idol. And it becomes something that I begin to worship. And it's almost like when I get into a room to collaborate with others, if my identity is not in Christ, then I begin to draw back or retreat from anything that feels like vulnerability. So so I've talked to a a lot of young aspiring writers and creatives, and they'll ask me, you know, how do do I get better at songwriting? And once again, this applies really to any any art form. But they'll say, how do I get better at at writing? I want to get better at, you know, I'm I'm good at melodies, but I want to get better with lyrics, or um, I feel like I'm pretty strong at lyrics, but I don't know where to start with melody. And they've been writing for years and they're trying to, it's like this slow, slow, sluggish growth. And, and I'll ask them, the first question I'll ask them is, do you co-write? And you'll be surprised how many people just, they don't, they don't, one, they either don't know what it is or they tried it and they'll say something like, well, I tried it once before, but it just didn't work out. It was, it was kind of uncomfortable. And, and sort of as they talk, sometimes you can hear in their own voice this insecurity and this, this fear of vulnerability. And they'll, we contend we're really good. As creatives are really good at wrapping our insecurity in spiritual language. <laughs> we'll wrap it in this kind of spiritual Christian jargon uh, that sounds like, well, you know, I tried to write with these other writers, but man, everything they were throwing out, it just didn't feel like it was me. You know, it just didn't feel like it was my sound or my thing. And and I would throw out an idea and they would just kind of, you know, it just, it turned into something that I didn't like. And I just, you know, and it's it's not that, it's not that um, collaboration is perfectly foolproof, right? Uh, there are moments that I've stepped into co-writing sessions and to collaborate with other other writers and it, it was a dud, you know, we didn't, we didn't get anything great, but you know, what's awesome because my mentality was healthy in that moment and it was in Christ and not in my idea or in my gifting, then really I just, it became an, it still was an edifying time to me, even though we walked out of the session with 
nothing. And this is very, very rare, guys. Most of the time, collaboration ends with something great that you wouldn't have gotten on your own. But even in the moments where it feels like it was a failure, it wasn't a failure because we we had an amazing conversation that, you know, and I began to hear more about their life, what God was doing, and it edified me. And also it provided an opportunity to work on that muscle of collaboration. Um, and so what ends up happening is that at best, if your identity is still in your gifting and your idea, then when you try to collaborate, you really can't. Because at best, what ends up happening is, is everyone else is forced to just kind of watch you create something. <laughs> you know, um, for instance, like with with songwriting, if I'm gonna, if I'm really gonna collaborate with with the other two writers in the room, then I can't just sit there in my own head and wait until the lyric is perfectly formed, wait until my idea that let's say we're working on a verse idea. I can't just sit there and wait until my idea is perfectly formulated in my own head and then voice it to everyone in the room because all that is is just me writing in my own head and they're just kind of watching me do it. (laughs) Instead, what I have to do is become vulnerable and I have to say something like, guys, I know this isn't the, the perfect way to say it, but in this verse, it would be cool to say something like this. And I just begin to kind of spout off ideas. And I, and I have to be vulnerable because I know that these ideas are not perfect. I know they're not the, the perfect idea, the finished product. But I know that when I, if I'm vulnerable, if I'm honest, if my identity is in Jesus, then I can give out this thing that sounds kind of like a crazy idea. And I'll throw it out in the room. And it's really just this sort of ugly piece of clay. It's got some potential there, but it's not perfect yet. But then the awesome part is that the other writers in the room see this idea, they see me being vulnerable, and they then become vulnerable and they start going, yeah, well, what if if it was this or what? And they begin to put their hands creatively on this idea and they begin to form, each of us take turns forming this clay in the center of the room that eventually becomes this beautiful piece of art that um, expresses God's glory. Pride is the enemy of creativity. I was, um, I was recently with a friend of mine um, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was, actually, it was actually during the recording of our record, City of God. And there was a moment where I left the room. Uh, we were kind of like all in this rehearsal space. And then outside the doors of the rehearsal space were these TVs where our family, our friends, uh, you know, different industry people from from the label could sit outside and sort of watch what was happening on the inside. And I stepped out of the door to, you know, go to the restroom or something. And I run into a friend of mine, JB. And JB says the most incredible thing to me. And it's still rocking my world today. He said this, he said, Leland, he said, there's so much unity in the room. And, you know, being a church kid, I've heard the word unity a lot. <laughs> and so my Christianese sort of kicked in. And I'm like, yeah, unity, that's good. And, uh, and I could tell that JB, he was being kind, but I could tell he kind of realized that, that I wasn't getting it. And he goes, he said, Leland, do you know what unity is? And I was like, I, I think I do. <laughs> but I'm getting the impression that maybe I don't. Maybe you have a deeper understanding of unity that I need right now. And he said this, he said, a lot, of, a lot of us in the church believe that unity is just coming together. And he said, honestly, coming together is not the full expression of unity. He said, unity 
is ultimately expressed and grown by deferment. Unity is deferment. He said, I have watched you guys for the last few hours while you're getting ready for this next take of this song. I've watched each of you defer in humility to one another over and over and over and over again. Somebody will say, hey, what if we did this idea? And you'll go, yeah, that's great. And then somebody else will go, well, we could modify it and do this. And then you're like, that's actually awesome. And then someone will give an idea and they'll go, well, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to, we sort of, I think we're going to go back to this other idea. And what ends up happening is, is everyone in the room, no one's identity is, is insecurely rooted <laughs> in their gifting or their idea. Everyone's identity is in the Lord in the room. And so everyone is just excited to be there and passionate about God getting the glory. And so because of that, deferment fills the room. Everyone begins to defer to one another. And he said, when you have deferment, you have true unity. And when you have unity, you have safety and trust. And when you have safety and trust, then you have the ripe environment for imagination and creativity. That is why I say pride is the killer of your imagination and your creativity. It is also the killer to your growth as an artist and a storyteller. I believe the positive posture, so we talked about the negative, the positive posture that you and I are called to inhabit um, or to, uh, to step into when we get into a room to collaborate with other artists in the body of Christ is this. We are called to step into the posture of the humility of Christ. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do, I only say what I hear my father say. And over and over, he talked about his father getting all the glory. Everything I do is, in, in other words, he was saying in that moment, everything I do is to bring my dad glory. If that's your perspective, when you step into the room, oh my goodness, you better watch out because what's going to end up happening is you're going to leave with one of the most incredible encounters in creativity and imagination and, and in the process of making art that you've ever experienced in your entire life. It will take some of the other moments that you've had alone and it will just, it'll, they'll pale in comparison <laughs> because what happens is, is the best inside of you is multiplied by the best inside of everyone else in the room. And it creates something. The end product is something that you would have, that each of you would have never been able to do on your own and in isolation. I want to share with you guys a little bit of the story behind the writing of the song, Heart and Flesh. Um, so is, this is a really special song to me because the story of how it came was really unique. And, you know, you, you sort of pray that moments like this happen all the time. And it's, it's not uh, common that this happens all the time as a writer. Most of the time, writing a song, even with others in the room, there is a laboring that's happening. It's, it's co, but there's also a labor. You know, it's not, it's not always the easiest thing. And you're all sort of working together uh, to find the best thing. And so Casey and I... Uh, Casey's the other half of the band Leland. He's also happens to be my best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, we've known each other for 13 years and which is insane to say that out loud. We have been, um, 
making music together for a long time, writing songs together for a long time. And so uh, there was a week where I had some time in Nashville. Casey was there, stars aligned, and we were like, hey, let's let's go do some writing sessions this week. And so we had a couple lined up for the week. And one of the ones I was super excited about was we got the opportunity to write with Taya from Hillsong. And I'm a Casey and I both are massive fans of Taya. And so we show up to this like Airbnb. Uh, I think she was in town for like a week writing with a lot of great writers in town. And so um, so we we you know, come into the Airbnb and we start kind of catching up, you know, wanting to hear what's been happening in her world. She's sort of, you know, we're explaining what's going on in our our world with getting ready for this record. And she was also at the same time writing for her album, which is unbelievable, by the way. All of you need to go listen to Taya's latest album that is out. There is a song that is on her record. Guys, there's so many amazing songs on her record, first of all. But there is one that I think should come with like some sort of warning attached to it (laughs) because it is so good and it is so anointed that you will have a tough time like driving (laughs) and operating a vehicle. Um, it's It's a song called Canticle and that is, it's unbelievable. Go listen to it. So back to the story, here we go. So we start kind of catching up and Taya is working on this record um, writing for her record. And so we, we, uh, we spend some time in prayer. We spend some time, uh, you know, sharing what God's speaking to each of us. Um, I sing this, this kind of minor key melody and it was a da, 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 da. That's all it was. It was just, it was just, it ended up becoming the melody to heart and flesh, but it, it was kind of like an instrumental almost. And, I sang the melody and everyone in the room loved it, but then we kind of just sort of kept going. And I, I want to say something really quick about that. When your identity is in <laughs> is in your idea, when momentum shifts in the room and you feel people move towards a new idea or something else, and they kind of move beyond your idea that you voiced, if your identity is in your gifting, that will just rip you to shreds, you know, because it's sort of like you're vulnerable, you shared something, and then you feel everyone move to something else that somebody's working on or something else someone else shared in the room. And you can you can get really insecure in that moment. But if your security and your identity is in Christ and your intention is, I just want God to be glorified. I don't care if, people, if we use my idea. I just want to help edify this room and bring as much glory to Jesus as possible in this room. If that's your identity, then you're, you're chilling. You're cool. You're like, Dude, it's awesome. No, like no hard feelings. I'm good. And so I sang this idea and we kind of, the, the room sort of shifted. We were kind of like, we liked the idea, but there was, there was another thing that, that I think Taya was singing and Casey were singing that we we're like, that's actually killer. Let's, let's chase that. So we started chasing this idea. It was kind of like an upbeat sort of pop, um, idea. And we, we wrote this great, like upbeat, like joyful song and, um, I'm actually really excited about it because I think that actually has a lot of potential to it. But anyway, so we get done. We think we're done, right? We're, we're putting on our backpacks. We're putting up the laptops, uh, putting our guitars back in the cases, sort of saying bye at the same time. And Taya is seated at the table and, uh, and we're getting our stuff together. And she, we had, we had had open in front of all of us. We had our Bibles turned to, I believe it was Psalm 84, and in Psalm 84, it, it talks about my heart, my flesh crying out for the living God. Um, it's, it's an amazing passage. And we've been talking about that scripture. 
And Taya in that moment um, says, you know, and I'm, I'm going to butcher her accent, but she goes, she said, Leland, there was this melody you sang earlier and it was just so beautiful. That's, that's super British. <laughs> it's not Aussie. Uh, but she, she begins to sing the melody, uh, that minor key melody. I only sang that melody one time. So I was surprised she even remembered it. And she begins to sing this melody, but then she starts to put almost word for word these, the wording of Psalm 84. And she begins to sing Psalm 84. And, you know, obviously it's not exactly word for word, but it's in the spirit of what David is saying. And when I tell you it was like a river entered the room, it was like another rush of creativity and imagination, I immediately put my bag back down. I got the guitar back out and and looked at Casey kind of like, I think we're, we're not done. And so we sit down and we begin to, we pull out the phone, get the voice memo going again. And we start to sing. I was like, what did you sing? And we began to sing and, and each of us take turns kind of shaping the lyric a little bit. And it was so fast and it was so natural um, and so easy that within, I think, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I still have that original voice memo on my phone. Within like 15 minutes, we had the whole song to heart and flesh finished. And we began to sing it and worship and just, I was crying, Casey was crying, we were all a mess. But that brings me to the positive posture when that I wanna talk about. When your heart is rooted in Christ and not in your gifting and not in your latest idea, but it's really rooted in Jesus and you want Jesus to get all the glory, then it's, it's almost like your ears, your creative ears, it's like they get unstopped and unplugged. And all of a sudden they're open to the sound of rushing water. Inspiration is, it's not a faucet that you turn on and off. It's not a switch. But you, you and I can grow and mature in the creative ability uh, to tune our ears to the sound of moving water. And not stagnant, but moving water. And what do I mean by that? I mean the momentum of imagination in the room, the momentum of inspiration. It's like a little stream. And as you're writing or as you're working on an idea, someone says something. And all of a sudden, the room turns from a stagnant pool to it's almost like you hear the momentum of a little bit of a stream, right? And it, maybe it's not a rushing river yet. It's not a fully finished idea, but it's, it's enough momentum. And if you can get, you and I can get good at following that inspiration, the trail of inspiration, it starts off like a creek, right? It starts off like a little stream, but then eventually it builds into multiple streams, and then eventually rushing into one large river. I believe that God has secrets to reveal to you and I about his nature and his ways that are buried, treasures that are buried in the field of collaboration and co-laboring with other creatives. That there are things, if you haven't yet done it, there are things you are missing out on uh, about the nature of God and this and the nature of this gifting he's given us to tell stories and to use our imagination to create good 
true and beautiful things in the world. I hope this episode has encouraged you and ministered to you. And I pray that God would inspire you and I to rush and run into that field of collaboration, that field of co-laboring with other creatives in the family of God. And that when you enter into that space, when you enter into that field, when you step into that room, that the Spirit of the Lord would root you deeply, not in the, uh, not in the idea that you have, not in your gifting, but root you deeply into the nature of Christ so that your heart, your prayer becomes the same prayer Jesus had. God, we want to do what we hear, you, what we see you doing. We want to say what we hear you saying so that you can receive all of the glory and that every heart, when they experience this piece of art, when they hear it, when they see it, when they encounter it, that they would be encountered by you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and been ministered to. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode of Cathedra next week. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.